The Late Night Legends podcast is meant for an adult audience only. It may contain sexually oriented content. Content may not be suitable for sensitive listeners. Please be aware of your surroundings. Listener discretion is advised. Night Legends Internet Podcast and Radio Show. My name is Frank Barrientos, United States of, United States of America. And I'm here with my co-host Tressa, fourteen. Hello. Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Fourteen foxes, not fifteen. One more, it'd be too much. Of course. I, I'm I'm just making I'm just making a joke. That's not what that is. Uh, you are all you're the new instigator. I know that. So that's great. Tonight gonna be talking about some slipping through reality some stories here these are all real stories uh and i wanted to do a sampling of yes an old one a newer one and then some ones from like a year or two ago before we do that though a couple of announcements uh let's take a look here oh Doug's on and he's saying our, our titles are backwards. So thanks, Doug. I'll go ahead and fix that. Doug, if you're not busy, dude, sign on and join us, man. Thanks, buddy. Uh, so a uh, couple of announcements. Applications are closed to join our team. We want to thank everybody that applied, everybody that interviewed, which was a lot. We're going to be hiring two hosts. Interviews uh, are going to be taking place all of February and March. And uh, we've actually already hired a staff member who will be... A damn smart weather. Yeah. <laughs> the misprinted <laughs> calendars. <laughs> Do not touch Willie. Good advice. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah, so we hired a staff member. We're also going to introduce her. Uh, the first week of April is going to be the show where we introduce all of the new team. Looking forward to it. It's going to be really fun. And then after that, we're just going to resume our normal schedule with people taking days off and people taking monthly sabbaticals. And uh, yeah, I wish I could take either one of those, but I can't. So with that said, do you have anything? Aww. Oh, Dark Matters. Yeah. What, what's going on? With Dark Matters, Frank. Dark, Tell me all about Dark it. Dark Matters Sunday in Elgin. More information in the social media post. But basically, come out and meet our team. We're going to be doing a podcast on site in person i'll i'll sign your autograph tressa will sign your boobs i think that's what we talked about right now i'm only signing taints this year oh god <laughs> <laughs> what uh she's only gonna sign taints so don't bring the big sharpie bring the little one with the with the fine felt tip not the big right one. Right. right right so 
definitely going to be a fun time. Can't wait to go and, and meet everybody and just grow the community and, and see what other weirdos are out there. I'm sure there's a bunch. So, um, with that said, any anything from you, Tressa? Uh, no. I mean, hey, you know what? Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Do it. Nah. Do it. What? I know. What? Do no. It. Do it. What? What? I know what you're talking about. <laughs> hey, if you want to check out Space Draculas on Twitch, you can find my two other podcasts that I'm doing. But that's no fun. Let's get back into this paranormal. No, journey. guys, don't listen to her. Definitely check out her two <laughs> other podcasts and subscribe and follow and tell a friend because mm. they're very good. It's very good content. I've checked it out. And uh, tell two friends. Yeah. Uh, Doug says, dang, initials only. What are you talking about, Doug? What initials? I don't know. What you mean, Doug? Anyway, uh, what was I going to say? Check that out. Awesome. Let's jump right to it so we can get done early. I got a long, yeah, let's do it. Got a long day tomorrow. Okay. Let me put on some spooky, spooky music. Let me see what I got here. All right. So I have a bunch of stories here, but depending on how we are for time, we can tell them all and talk about them or tell a few and be more in depth. So the first story is about a fellow named James Tedford. Okay. And he lived in Fletcher, Vermont with his wife, whose name is Pearl. And then he got called to go to World War II, which he served. Okay. When he came back from World War II, his, he went to go see his wife in his house. And she literally disappeared. She just wasn't there. But she was, okay, he came home and she had moved on. Is that what no, you're saying? So I thought that might be a possibility too. But uh, there were people that reported seeing her the very same day at the grocery store. And she left all of her things, all of the things that she would take if she was going to pack up and go somewhere else. Those were all in the house. Mm -hmm. And she was, you know, speaking very fondly of him. And on, on top of that, it's not like she ran off to go be with another guy in the same town or something like that. Like within that Fletcher, Vermont, I feel like everybody probably knew each other because it's a little boonie town. Yeah. And she was not anywhere. So that happened, okay? But that's not the crux of the story. It gets weirder. Okay. okay, so after that, he goes to live in Bennington. And um, he's kind of apart from his relatives and stuff. So very frequently, he takes this bus that will go from Bennington to where his family lives in Albans, Vermont. Okay, so in 1949, which was uh, December 1st, he decided to take on uh, a bus ride to go see his family. And it was wintertime, and the bus w had, like, a lot of delays and stuff. Um, and so he got there fine, and he spent time with his relatives, right? It's How nice. All, it's all good. Holidays. It's great. He's getting old, though. He's in his 60s. And uh, he, you know, because he's kind of elderly, his relatives decide to walk him back to the bus stop. And wait, 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 wait. Question, question, question. Yeah. He was a vet of World War II, I and this is 1949? Too. He must have served when he was in his late 40s, early 50s, for that math to check out. But yes, okay. correct. I, I just I had imagined that. him visiting his parents, and I was very confused when you, you said he was 60-something. I, I believe they were probably his uh, younger relatives. Um, Got it. So, because he's an elderly fellow, mm -hmm. um, you know, they decided to walk him back to the bus stop so he could take the bus home back to Bennington, Okay. So he gets on, like, they watch him board the bus stop. You know, he gives his ticket. He's got a seat. You know, he's got his, I, I guess they had these little books with, like, the train schedule that you could read, just like the Metro, like those little brochures. Sure. 
And on the way home, he's just sleeping in his seat. And they make every stop because the bus has a few stops along the way back to Bennington. And uh, basically, when the bus arrives at Bennington, the driver has an obligation to like walk through the bus and make sure everybody's off and everybody took their shit. And his luggage is still there, right? And okay. not only is his luggage still there, but like the little book that has his name and the train schedule and all that, that's still on his seat. All right. So this is where it gets kind of weird because talking to the people that are getting off the bus and everybody there, everybody's there, you know, they're still getting off the bus. And so the driver's like, where is this guy? And so he, the weird part is all of the passengers, all 14, because there were 14 passengers they all recall seeing him departing and being not only on the bus when it left the last stop. So like last stop happens, he's still on the bus going to the last destination or the destination. So somewhere in there, this guy like fully disappears and all of the passengers have statements saying that he was there, including the driver. And they said he was just asleep and all of his stuff is still there and he was never seen again. So there were passengers that saw him get off at a stop? No, he never got off at any of the stops. Okay. But the point is, the last stop that was made, they know for a fact that he was on the bus going to the destination, going back to Bennington, because that's where he lives. And so what's strange is in the commotion, I guess, of everybody getting off the bus, nobody was really looking out for him or, or maybe something happened there, but like he wasn't in Bennington. And... <gasps> Yeah, right. So I mean, like, oh, uh, right, World so, War Two, Nazi technology, technology. Oh, oh, uh, the Nazi bell. Ooh, I, I think so uh, many things. Yeah, I mean, basically, yeah. And like the weird thing is, it's not just his story. But what's also equally strange is that his wife went missing prior. Right. And so it's like a twofer. Right. And, and that's what makes the thing so interesting. Um. What I would like from you, Tressa, is I would like for you to give me a rating out of 10. 10 being absolute mm -hmm. bullshit and one being maybe true. Where does this fall for you on the 10 being bullshit, one being true scale? Uh, I'm going to go like. One complete. Oh. No, no. OK. OK. One is bullshit. One, one is like, yeah, this is made up. This is a fairy tale. Okay, I'm not saying this is made up, but I'm saying too, like these people are just they left. It's fine. Okay, so you're saying it 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 really happened, but it's I'm not saying they disappeared. I'm just saying they left. Oh, you're saying they left. Okay. This next one is a big one that kind of got me hooked on the whole topic. So <clears throat> So this next one is about the only unsolved hijacking case in the history of commercial aviation. Okay, so there was a plane. Oh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there is a plane that was heading from Portland, Oregon to Seattle, Washington, which is not a long flight. There is a man that was on the plane, a white man. Who was who that man? Well, they don't know his name, but they <laughs> nicknamed him, which I'll, I'll talk about in a moment. But I, I, I want to kind of stray away from the nickname here for a moment so I could tell the story. So the man basically got up and threatened to kill everyone with a bomb that he had. For a huge ransom. So the plane landed, okay? He let all the passengers go, which is not something that usually a hostage taker would do. But he let them all go, and then he ordered the crew and the pilot to fly to Mexico. So they took off, 
Okay. And okay. that was his his plan to go to Mexico. Now he's still in you know the upper northwest of the country, on his way to Mexico. The pilot and the crew are freaking out because they're still on the on the plane with this maniac that has the bomb, and so he parachutes out of the fucking plane. Okay, and that's okay. it. And that's it. That's that's basically all of it in a nutshell. Now, for many reasons, it's very crazy. Uh. And there's a, there's a very close sort of uh, parallel with uh, the Dilatov Pass, if I'm saying that right, which I'm not. Dyatlov. Dyatlov. The Dyatlov Pass. There's a very close yeah, yeah. similarity. I'll get to it in a second. But that particular mystery has been under investigation for the past 45 years with no real conclusions about who he was, if he died, where he is, and... Um, you know, because of that, there's a lot of mysteries. But before we even get to any of the theories, which honestly, a lot of these theories you can kind of guess. But here are some facts that I think is important. The main investigating party was the FBI. And the FBI had said publicly that he could have never survived for a few reasons. Number one, it was really cold and the weather was really bad. Jumping from a plane at 30,000 feet, you don't really have oxygen unless you have that skydiving gear, which he did not have. And, uh, you know, he was the landing zone that where he would have landed is the woods, deep woods. So even if you were an experienced someone who would jump out of a plane, you it could have been impaled by a dozen trees. Yeah, Not only would you have been impaled, but if you were if you had experience, you wouldn't have been like, I want to jump where all of these trees are. Um, you know, it's just too dangerous, too, de too deadly. And he was unprepared, but he jumped out. OK. Second fact, uh, there is a man. Oh, and by the way, I guess I, I'll, I'll answer your question now. The crew, the pilot, the people, the hostages, the everybody has named this man D.B. Cooper. Okay, so that's right. what, that's what I'm talking about. So there is a man several years later in the 70s who came out and said, hi, I'm D.B. Cooper. That was me. And he was talking about how he was a, a Vietnam veteran and how he had helicopter missions and he you know, was an expert with the parachute the problem with that is uh, he died. And after he died, it came out that he made the whole thing up and he never went to Vietnam. <laughs> so he was, he's, he's he my favorite. He never even probably wore a parachute. So he no. was just doing that for clout. <laughs> and so, yeah, the, the FBI is like, yeah, that's not our guy. But the search continues. So then this is where it starts to get interesting for me in this particular story. Ooh. There's a man called Thomas Colbert. And he's more of a modern day investigator. And he was very obsessed with this case because to him it didn't click together. And it should have. So what did he do? He put together his own team and he decided to write a book. Um, and it was called The Last Master Outlaw, The Man Who Outfoxed the FBI. Now that's a really great title. I think you'd like that title. It's a great title. It's a great title. So to make a really long story short, because honestly there's been whole two hour podcasts on this whole thing. Um, he was about to turn in evidence that would point that to, um, this person being a man named Robert Rick Rackstraw as the suspect. And before that, he could formally submit the evidence cause he announced it to like the entire world and media, like, Oh, I'm going to submit evidence and FBI is going to whatever right then and there. Yeah. And this is what mirrors the KGB. The FBI decided to close the case shelve the investigation 
and no longer accept or collect evidence from anyone for any reason. What? So now, when was this? This was just uh, recently, I think in the 90s. So Colbert now has a lawsuit against the FBI demanding information about the investigation be released, which you know how that goes. They're going to tell them to get <laughs> fucked for the next 80 years, and then, then they might release redacted information. Yeah, right. a page of black pen. Oh, hundred percent. It's just, mm -hmm. it's just, it's just blocks of black. <laughs> <laughs> so now that is the part that really parallels and you know, something's going on when that happens. Absolutely. There's, no, sure. there's no reason for that to happen, but that's what happened. So people who are following the case now want to think about who the fuck is Robert Rackstraw. Okay. And for real, he was a, real U.S. Army helicopter pilot, and he won awards for chopper rescues in Vietnam. He had a record of violating commander's orders and parachuting into hot zones when he shouldn't have been doing that. Uh, he even fucking looked like D.B. Cooper, and he was discharged from the Army for his reckless behavior, and the mystery remains, why did the FBI never think of him as a suspect? Because he, he's a really good suspect. What made him a suspect in the first place? Like, so, not to, obviously not to the yeah. FBI, but like, where did they pick him up right. from? So he's a suspect because of the years of research and investigation that Thomas Colbert and his team did. And he fits the profile. But really, a lot of the evidence is more circumstantial. But some of that evidence is rumored to be the smoking gun, as it were. Or like, yeah, that's definitely him. Here's what happened. But like, the FBI won't allow that to go public. So that guy, I understand, my, I think he's maybe not alive anymore, but he was alive for a very long time. And the thing that doesn't make sense um, about it is, A, that person who jumped out of the plane didn't survive. So it's, why is Robert Ra Rackstraw like, why is he the suspect? And could this have been government involvement? Did they help him with this hijacking? Could it have I been? mean, what the fuck? It had to have been if they're closing everything up and they're like, no, no, we're good. We don't care anymore. Based no. on, yeah. And so based on the facts, the guy is either dead mm -hmm. based on facts, he's likely dead or he skipped through reality somehow, which is unlikely. But this is somebody that that is a popular candidate for that. Uh, they never found his body if he died. You know, which there was like a 95 to even if he had assistance from the from the FBI or whoever, you can't jump out of a plane with a parachute onto another plane and you can't land in the deep wood either. It just that kind of shit doesn't really happen. Now, there was an operation the CIA had called Skyhook, which is somebody who would parachute into parachute into a hot zone, realize, oh, God, I got to abort this mission. This isn't going to go hot. They had a, a big plane with a hook that would come by, like, hook your parachute and then take you to safety. They even reference it in Batman the Dark Knight. Do you remember that movie? Did you watch that one? I never saw it, but I was hoping you were talking about Batman the TV show with Adam West. But go oh, ahead. Oh, man, I love that one, too. Because doesn't it sound like something he would have? Yeah. Just so, like well, it shark does. spray. Yeah. So in the movie uh, The Dark Knight, there's a mafia accountant that flees to Hong Kong to escape the law here, right? And China won't extradite somebody on crimes in any other country because he's a national. Great. So in that movie, uh, Bruce Wayne and Batman actually go to fucking China to get this guy. So wait, 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 Bruce Wayne and Batman, both of them go there. Yes. 
Wait. Oh, actually, Wait, you know what? Did I they like share a plane or something? I take it back. Batman went, and okay. then Lucius Fox went on behalf of Wayne Enterprises. Okay, yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah, I didn't I'm think sorry. the two of them would travel together. Batman uh, rappled down the side of a building, went inside of it, like broke the glass, went inside, basically hugged this guy, and then there was a plane that took a hook on from Batman's utility <laughs> belt. <laughs> And pulled them out of the skyscraper and flew away with this fucking guy back to America. That's act. That's actually in the movie. That's hilarious. So I don't think something like that would happen. But uh, it's so it's such a crazy mystery because what actually did happen? The guy is probably dead, but where the, where's his body? Never found. Okay, body never found. So I mean, there's there's theories like, okay, was this guy an alien? Did he die and then maybe the FBI hid his body and took the money? Was it something where they assisted his escape or maybe planned the whole thing? And then... Oh, uh, you know, I, don't, I don't know. I don't. I, the government obviously has to do, have something to do with it if they're not letting any evidence come through. They have to know something. But I, don't, I don't think he's dead. It's, it's, I, a, it's an interesting story. And if, yeah. you, if you're a fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe... There's a show, or yeah, there's a show on Disney Plus called Loki, which deals with Loki having his own timeline and everything that happened in the movies. But in the show, they explain DB Cooper that Loki is DB Cooper and he had to do this, but he used his magic because he's like a, you know, he's a demigod to escape. Right, so right. That's really cool I'm, to me. It was a very fun episode. It was you saw great. it? Oh man, I saw the whole series. It's it was amazing. Um, yeah, it was. So there's that. Another person who may have slipped through reality. So now I've got, oh, let me get your rating. One oh, being uh, totally true. It's very practical and sciencey. Ten, oh, I'm, yeah, ten being complete bullshit. Wait, 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 wait. Did you reverse the the order? I I think I did not. I think one is true or, well, actually, hold on. The first story. <laughs> hold on, I got to change this. The first story we're we're going on true or bullshit. This one is not true or bullshit because it something did happen here. Mm -hmm. What we're trying to think about is. Is this government involvement or is this the guy, you know, glitched through reality? Ten, he glitched through reality. One is government involvement. Where do you place your? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, two again. Two again. Um. <laughs> <laughs> government involvement. But I like that it's a two and not just a straight one. Okay. Yeah. Come on. So the other two stories that I have, and we're getting through these really quick, which I like. Um, Hell yeah. The other two stories I have here, I, I wanted to bring these on because these are just everyday people stories. These are not famous historical events that people won't shut up about like the other two. The other two are just, you know, these mysteries where like, you know, you're beating the dead horse to death. And yeah, somebody could have skipped the reality. But these next two were yeah. written very recently. And I'm just going to go into them. Uh, the first one, they're both from Reddit. The first one is from a user who calls themselves liquid gold 83 okay the title is i died last night but i'm still here and i'm going to read this verbatim because it's a post so this actually happened last week it just took me some time to come to terms with it i got a phone call from my next door neighbor late in the evening asking if i could help move him move a mattress into his upstairs his mom is ill and has a big heavy sleep number bed I, of course, ran over to help because they're great neighbors. When I get over there, his friend, who's also a priest, is there to help. I help them figure out how to separate the bed from the mattress so we could fit it upstairs. 
We get it all moved up and back into place when my neighbor asks if I can help him move an armoire upstairs too. I think nothing of it, and we pull out his trap. We'll pull it out of his travel trailer and start bringing up the front stairs of the house. And I'm guessing travel trailers like one of those U-Haul things you hook on the back yeah, of your yeah. car. Okay, I so, figured. So he's taking the armoire up. This is where I died. The front stairs are 11 steps, and I was on the lower end of the armoire, about six six steps up, when my neighbor and his friend lost lost the handle of the armoire, and it comes crashing down on me, and I fall backwards towards the pavement. Then I wake up in my dining room to my phone ringing and my wife asking me if I'm going to answer the phone. It's my neighbor asking me if I can help move a bed upstairs for his mom. I go over there and I meet his priest friend again, as this has been the first time I've ever met him. I say, I can help you with that bed, but I cannot help you with the armoire. And my neighbor was like, how did you know we needed help with the armoire? I then proceeded to tell them that I'm pretty sure that I just died. I spent the next hour talking with the priest. He had many questions. My neighbor didn't believe it until I described his upstairs bedroom in perfect detail down to the, the metal of the mattress frame and the floor with the intricate headboard leaning up against the wall where I had never been upstairs in our house before. The priest asked me what I saw after I died. I told him that I maybe never actually died, but I just woke up in my, di in my dining room at my table. What do you think? What's your take on this one? You know, there's another theory. Um, I forget exactly what it's called. It's like, well, there, there's like, like you go ahead. I was going to say there's premonitions where people have visions of stuff that happen. Sure, sure, sure. But I was thinking of um, it's like a thing where you you are fully uh, convinced that you have died and then you wake up and you're not dead but everything's slightly different or you have to go back and repeat something that killed you and you are able to avoid it it's like the timeline has just shifted enough to where you could like avoid the thing that happened well while i don't know what that's called that's actually what we're talking about here yeah that's, for sure that's a glitch in reality and that's it seems like out of what's really interesting this is written by a nobody this is not published yeah. in books this is just a Joe Schmo on the internet, but this sounds more real and truthful to glitching through reality than uh, this Cooper fellow or James Tedford. Which, yeah, I agree. To me, those just sound like missing person stories, but this sounds like it's got some balls to it. Like this sounds like this guy probably yeah. actually died if he's telling the truth, which it sounds like he is. It does sound like he is. You know, this kind of person is not doing it for clout. They don't get anything. If you're on Reddit and you get some upvotes, great. But like the account itself, like it, it's not like somebody's personal account where they could use upvotes or want upvotes or anything right. like that. It's all anonymous. Right. Plus, if you get Reddit gold from your upvotes, that gold just means you get Reddit ad free. And like no one's going to make up a story just to get ad free Reddit. I don't no. think so. Fuck that. This next one's. This next one's uh, is equally good, um, but like there's a solution that I was reading about, but I'm, I'm going to read it to you. So this next story comes from Harinas69, uh, and this one is titled, There's Something Wrong With My Girlfriend. Let me just take a sip of water here since I'm reading a lot. All right. Me, I'm 20, a male 26, and my girlfriend, female 25, have been living together in an apartment for two and a half years. Everything has been normal up until quarantine started, which was around four weeks ago. And that's when I started noticing some odd things. 
For instance, for the last three weeks or so, my girlfriend has been putting sugar in her morning coffee. While throughout our entire relationship, she always has been very much against it. It may seem like a small detail, but she's always been complaining about how I don't know what real coffee is since I put a lot of sugar in it. On the first day that I saw her drinking coffee with sugar, I asked her why she would do that, and she looked at me worried and said, What are you talking about? I've always put sugar in my coffee. I felt a bit confused for a moment, but then we started talking about some other things, so I didn't think any more of it until the morning after, when she did exactly the same thing and once again had the same reaction. Fast forward a few days, and another odd thing happened. We were having sex, and she suddenly suggested a sex pose that we had already tried once, but it had gone wrong, and it hurt her a lot, so we simply decided not to try it anymore. Naturally, I was very surprised with her suggestion, and it reminded me about the time when it went wrong, and she just completely dismissed it, saying that I probably mixed her up with some ex-girlfriend or I was just tripping. When we did the pose, she actually enjoyed it and didn't associate it with getting hurt. Today, the weirdest thing happened, which is the reason that I'm writing this post. In the afternoon, I was working at home, and I'm employed as a PhD student at the Computer Science Department of University. My girlfriend asked me, what's up with this guy? And it was a guy I've never heard of before. Asked her who she's referring to, and she said, well, it's that colleague of yours that you always talk about, the one from the company where you're employed at. So now she's, she's referencing the guy's workplace. He froze and he says, uh, she, she fro- or he froze and she repeated the exact same phrase over again. Then he told her, I don't work for any company like that, nor have I ever worked at that company since I started my PhD straight after my master's degree. At this point, she was also completely frozen and we were just staring at each other completely confused and in shock for a few minutes. Then she asked me, what the fuck is going on? And I reminded her about the coffee thing and about the sex pose and that I don't know anymore what's going on. At this point, she started crying too and asked what's wrong with us. Nor she, nor me, anyone in both families has ever had any mental problems in the past and we don't know what to do about this. How do you feel, Tressa? Uh, bruh. Quarantine did weird things people said. That's what I'm saying. Do you think something that weird could have happened from quarantine, though? It doesn't seem weird enough to be paranormal. It seems like it seems like someone is being a little bit dishonest, maybe some gaslighting. Maybe I've changed my mind about some things and I don't want to fess up to it. So I'm going to pretend like you're crazy. I don't know. The top comment from this particular post was somebody who said, take it from me, someone who's lost someone from having a brain tumor that was diagnosed too late. This seems like that's what it could be. For sure. So maybe scientifically there's an answer there. But if there's not, this could be another this could be another person who might have glitched through a reality or glitched through a timeline. Which it would be the girlfriend, not necessarily the man here. Has there been any updates on that at no, all? No, these are both, as far as I could tell, these were both too recent to have updates. But if there are updates, I'd be happy to deliver their, deliver them to the team as well as our social media. Because it honestly sounds like she's just having sort of a break. Like, have you Have you ever had something where you just started doing something that you wouldn't otherwise really do like that? I'm just wondering if I have, but I can't think of anything. You know what? I'm sure that I have because 
I have the memory of a gnat and I can't, I'll be, I'm always told that I'm doing something that I've done a million times or I would never do. And I'm like, all right, I believe you because I have no fucking idea. I mean, there's stuff, there's weird shit that I've done and I've seen happen. Like, so like there was one time I was going through a really stressful time a few years ago, like 2018 and or 2017 actually damn that's long ago already but i was with my ex-girlfriend katie and she woke me up because i i sleepwalk i don't know if i told you that i sleepwalk but she woke me up and she was telling me like hey so here <laughs> it's kind of funny but um when i was working i was working for like an auto insurance company yeah and um there's a spiel because it was kind of like a call center type environment. So like when I'd answer the phone, I'd have like a spiel. And so I apparently I was like stressed out in my sleep, sleep talking. And I was giving the spiel in my sleep. Ah, uh, that's great. And she woke me up to be like, Frank, I don't need a supplement. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like it was it was auto insurance. So it's like a supplements like when your body shop asks for more money to fix your car. <laughs> Frank, I don't need to know what a supplement is. Okay, I wasn't sure, but like, uh, I didn't want anybody to, out there to think that I was selling like weird fucking steroids or something. But anyway, um, yeah, so that happened, and um, there was a night where she woke me up from like I felt the bed moving, and like I looked over at her, and she was sitting up in bed, so I thought she was awake, slightly rocking back and forth, and just mumbling shit, and I'm like, dude, are you okay? <laughs> What what are you shaking your head for? <laughs> I do not care for that at all. That sounds creepy as hell. It was. I hate it. It was. And I recorded her for just like 30 seconds with the sole intention of showing her what she was doing. And when I showed her, she was freaked out. She was very freaked out. And yeah, it was weird because that particular ex of mine was seeing a psychic and shit was getting weird with the psychic. Like, how can I explain it? So. She told me that she wanted to see a psychic, right? So she checked out this local psychic in Roselle. And she went to go see the psychic. And I told her very clearly, she can do what she wants with her money. I'm not a controlling boyfriend, but I don't support it. And as long as she stays safe, I don't care. It had a the, question. This, yes. Why do you not support it? Do you don't want her to throw her money away or do you think it's bad or evil or no what? it's not that it's bad or evil but i feel like there's too many illegitimate practitioners got it i don't know that there'd be somebody who would be truthfully doing that sort of thing and right. i know that it'd be very easy to fake that kind of for sure thing. so absolutely the first week i didn't hear anything and then she kept going you know i think every week she had an appointment and then one day I walked home, and this is my own apartment. I walked into my own apartment, and we had a guest bedroom that we really didn't use, but, like, we had a guest bedroom, and I went into the guest bedroom because it used to have these mirrors on the closet doors, so when I would get ready to go somewhere, I'd want to go and make sure that I look pretty okay. Yeah. I open up my guest bedroom, and there is the entire room is filled with laundry baskets full of clothes that do not belong to us. And I'm talking about, like, men's clothes, underwear... And I'm like, Katie, whose clothes are these? And she's like, I fell into debt with the psychic. <gasps> no. And to help pay my debt, I'm doing all of her laundry. It's okay. It's going to be cheap. I'm going to take it all to the laundromat. Some of the laundry she's going to pick up herself. 
and some of the laundry I'm going to deliver to her. And I'm like, this is, this is, this is why this is bad. Yeah. So then, um, maybe two weeks later, she asked me like, you know, I, I somehow, because I'm her boyfriend, I got like wrangled into like going to this weird laundromat and then like, she went inside while I sat in the car and she was like talking to the laundry lady and like there was a fight and like I guess the psychic called her complaining like where the fuck are my undies you know like pretty much <laughs> <laughs> and like I told my girlfriend too I'm like I don't feel comfortable with you with you washing her husband's underwear that's just weird and gross and like I don't want yeah. another man's literally dirty underwear in my apartment you know. And she's like, no, yeah. I understand. That's okay. We'll put it in the guest bedroom. The door will be closed. You'll never see it. I'm like, yeah, but you're still folding somebody else's. Like, it's weird. It's weird. Like, it's just clothes, whatever. I don't care. But it's still fucking weird. So then the story gets better. So two weeks go by, I think, or maybe a week, week and a half, right? And then her, her she and her brother were over at my apartment. And she's like, Frank, I'm, I got to go. It was like a Saturday night. And I think we, were, we had plans to have dinner. Or maybe it was just implied that we were going to have dinner on a Saturday night. Sure. She was like, oh, Frank, I actually got to go. Um, uh, my brother and I, I don't want to mention his name. I almost did. But like, she's like, my brother and I, we're going to go clean a house. I'm like, you're going to go clean whose house? You know, you have a career and a job. What do you, whose house are you cleaning? I'm in debt to the psychic. Oh, my God. I have to go clean her house. So then. Stop going to this fucking psychic. Right? What are you talking about? So she goes, comes back, or no, she goes there. I get a call because it's like 8.30 p.m. at night. And apparently the psychic and her husband are not home when she's cleaning with her brother. But I get a phone call and they're like, Frank, are, you know, I just want you to know that I'm okay right now. And we're going to leave in a few minutes. But we totally found guns at the house. Like revolvers is what she described to me. Because, you know, revolvers are very discreet guns. They're not big. They don't have like these huge chambers. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, get the fuck out of there. Yeah. And if you, I'll tell you where the psychic lived too. Um, so if you're familiar with Schomburg at all. Nope. Oh, okay. Well, any <laughs> listener out there that's familiar with Schomburg, there's a target that's on uh, Higgins. And there's a few houses that are right across the street from target. That's where the psychic lived in one of those houses. No longer lives there, by the way. So then. You know, I put my foot down at that point. I'm like, I don't want you going there. You can tell the psychic that whatever imaginary balance of money is no longer owed. Tell her to take you to court because she'll lose in court. <laughs> and I was like, this ends now. And she understood. She's like, OK. So apparently about two or three months passed by and like. By now, like we're not we're not enemies or anything, but like we, we, we kind of like are getting ready to break up her and I. Just for okay. not even for bad reasons, Tressa, just because like we just realized that we were meant to be nothing bad. In fact, happens. I, yeah. In fact, like it is not bad terms. I've, I've I talked to her a couple of years ago, I think. So anyway, um, she this is like one of the biggest red flags for me where I'm like, I definitely need to think about breaking up. She came to me like maybe three to six months after that whole debacle. And she's like, Frank, I got a confession to make. I got to tell you something. I, I might really need your help. I'm like, okay, lay it on me. Because at this point, I know it's about the psychic. And I know oh my God. to be ready for anything. And she's like, well, I told the psychic that you put your foot down about not seeing her. So she invited me to a free session. Shut up. Okay. 
Now, when Stormfrog was on, or actually, this was not when Stormfrog was on. Stormfrog was talking to us in the chat, but it was one. It was a Super Balls where I was talking to Lord Cronus. Mm-hmm. We were talking about this thing that some witches do with this egg. Yeah. Okay. So she invited Katie over to do this egg thing. Sure. And she's like, I have concerns about your boyfriend, Frank, and we're going to do this egg. And like, she's, <laughs> she's eating it up. She's like, okay. Oh, she's like, course. now if the egg, cra- if the egg cracks and if it's any weird color, you guys aren't meant to be. If it's anything but normal, you guys are not meant to be. Katie's like, oh, okay. She cracks the egg open and it's fucking black as tar in there. And instead of being like, oh, what did you do to that egg? Katie starts freaking out and yelping and, and fucking freaking. So I think the obvious question she must have asked is like, what can I do? And so the psychic is like, you need to come for more sessions and you need no, to, and you need to break God. up with this man who's standing in the way of your progression spiritually. That's so weird. Well, I wonder why she would do that. And Katie's like, I'm already in debt to you. How can I pay you? Or like, what can I do if I'm already in your debt? So Katie's telling me this story and Katie's like, Frank, I might need your help. I gave this psychic my social security number. <gasps> no. And I'm like, I'm standing there like, how can you be so stupid? I've never met anyone that is so careless with such a disregard for oh. common sense. And I didn't yell at her, but I told her very calmly, like I just told you, like how bad of an idea that is. And I'm like, take me to her house. Let's go. I'll call the police and we can at least make a report. So we we call the police and we roll up to the house or like near the house because the police are like, yeah, don't confront her. Don't go to the house. So we're parked at the, you know, the, the target across the street. And there's like another store named Freshie and an art van furniture. We're in the parking lot looking at the house and we realize they vacated the house and fled town. Holy shit. The house is completely empty. And this psychic fled with her information, her social, her money. And, uh, and took the and took the the guns with him and of course. moved to a different town. And I was like, what are you doing here? Like, tell me more about the psychic. What's her name? And she's like, well, her name is Sophia. And she's 20, 22 years old. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. You're 27 going to a 22-year-old psychic. And then you give a 22-year-old your social security number? What the fuck, dude? And I'm thinking, what 22-year-old knows what to do with the social security number? Which just means that she's so practiced and learned in ripping people off. She knew. I mean, you got that many guns in the house. Being more than none. You know what it is. It's got to be the some kind of pimp that is coaching her to steal from people use the yeah. psychic bullshit to get in to, mm-hmm. to build a rapport to get past somebody's guard and once there's that friendship rip them off and that's what happened and i was already on the verge of you know the breakup and whatever and i'm not going to say that was the reason but that was a big reason how could it not be i couldn't trust this person after that to make smart decisions in regards to the family, which is ultimately no. my goal. Right. I do you know if anything ever happened with her social security number? I don't know. I'll tell you some stuff off air, but the last um, that I had heard was the psychic asked her to purchase these crystals 
and they were rare crystals from like I think Ireland or something. Of course. They and so are. the psychic was like, you could either buy them or send me the money. And like she didn't want to send money, so she bought them and sent those crystals to her. And then she made off and went ghost. And by the way, they're like three thousand dollars worth of crystals. Holy shit. Which you know she's just using to rip other people off. Yeah. So uh that's not a glitch in reality, that's just reality. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are so many ways to make an egg black. You could like inject ink into it. You could let it sit out for months and months and months and just let it go old. There's no way I would see a black egg and be like, oh no. So there's a lot of so there's a lot of room for air within an egg. And it happens. Those those shells are flexible. Mm-hmm. And I also know from doing things that you can drill. If you have a really, really tiny drill bit, you can drill through the bottom of an egg without cracking the rest. Yeah. And if you do that, it's definitely big enough for you to fit a needle in with any any color you want. <laughs> any color in the rainbow. Yeah. So. I feel oh bad. I feel bad, bad about it. And, and I did some looking into it and I found out that that psychic is part of that blood over intent cult. Have you heard of that? No. What's that about? Okay. So if you go onto YouTube and you search the term blood over intent, there's a cult out there that exists online and it was started by a man whose name I don't recall, but what basically what this man says is he's basically the devil incarnate. And he says that the world will be ending soon. (laughs) It always is. Right. And the, and the way that you get salvation from the world ending is that you, number one, you ask for salvation from Satan. And sure. then the way that you do it is you write down whatever your intentions are, like whatever you want in life plus salvation. Right. So you, you write, I want a lot of money and I want to join the, you know, the one in the salvation. But after okay. that, you're supposed to actually hurt yourself stab yourself and then smear your blood to make a blood pact with the devil. And so one of the things, even though that's complete nonsense, it's a very, it's a very real cult. And if you Google or yeah, you can Google it or you could go to YouTube and find literally millions of videos about it and people doing the ritual. The thing about it is within, you know, witchcraft, there definitely is blood magic, which is very different from regular magic because blood magic is supposed to be more powerful. You're not supposed to fuck with it. It's actually supposed to be very evil, but it actually is supposed to also get results. But you're not yeah. supposed to just willy nilly do it. So it's it's it can be a real thing. So there's this cult, but the psychic got mixed up within it, too. And that's the last that I that I heard about it. I, I saw this kind of stuff. I noped right the fuck out. Even me, uh, who likes looking this shit up. Not, yeah. A good call. Yeah. What the fuck? I, you know, I, I'm just a little bit speechless because what the fuck? Yeah. There's a lot of people out there that are there to take advantage of the naive. And that's I mean, Frank, a huge message. you know me, I'll believe any kind of bullshit, but come on. What the fuck? It's really bad. It's really bad, and I, I felt. Suffice it to say that after that relationship ended, I felt a little bit more secure. That, you know, like Katie's a great person. She's really nice. She is everything that you would think that I would pursue in a partner. 
Mm-hmm. But we just didn't have the romantic part there anymore. Like it really was short lived. It really felt like we were just kind of in love, and then when the in love part was over, the honeymoon you phase was over. We're, actually, that's what I've that's what I've told Kim because she's asked me about Katie, and I'm like, yeah, it just felt like roommates. Literally, that's what it felt like. We had an apartment together, commuted to work, we lived paycheck to paycheck, so there was like no savings, no end goal, no plans. I was nowhere near the spectrum of getting married. Like, I didn't have those type of feelings where it was like I was putting her on the pedestal or anything. And I think that's what she wanted to work towards, even if maybe it wasn't there. But, like, I'm not I'm just not willing to do that if I'm not. If you, you shouldn't. If you if you don't wake up and think about a person who you're willing to, like, live and die for, then you shouldn't get married. No. Oh. Right? And I feel like so many people are like. Well, I'm at a certain age. I guess I should find someone to team up with or whatever. I think that many people see marriage as a business deal. Yeah. And they're like, well, I'm old. You're old. We make good money. Let's have kids. You know? Oof. And that just, it, it, it leads down this rabbit hole of more misery. And even if it's not something that becomes miserable for you and your partner, if you choose to have children as a result... You know, nope. children learn from their parents. They learn how to tr- how they're treating each other. They they kind of will understand that's the concept of love and what it should be. And I'm just fearful of like if children don't see that good example of love amongst the parents, what are like you know what are they going to think of love? Or like right, they may not have that same idea and then misinterpret or it may you know something may happen. And if two parents don't love each other, I feel like the damage can be pretty big to a child. You know. Absolutely. That that's their example. If they don't have that example, they're going to go into bad relationships because they think yes, that's what it I is. I think that's what is likely to happen. So, um, I mean, anyway, I didn't want to make this uh, last half hour about my ex-girlfriend and, and stuff, but you know, it, it, that's, that is what it is. And I forgot how we got onto the topic, but psychics are really, can be ripoff artists or scam artists and people you got to be careful you know i'm not somebody who doesn't believe in those things the un the lesser known thing about the late night legends and i'll tell you this but maybe you've Mm. already put it together i'm more of a skeptic than most of the team i really am but the difference is that while i'm a skeptic i'm very open-minded and i want to believe i want somebody to prove to me this shit is real that's what i'm looking for that's why i'm on this journey i want somebody to be like Here's unequivocal proof of Bigfoot, Frank. And I want to see it, and I want it to change my life. That's what I want. <laughs> of course. Who doesn't want that? But in the meantime, I'm going to sit here, and I'm going to be like, yeah, maybe ghosts aren't real. You know what I mean? Oh, you shut the fuck up. I don't know. I don't <laughs> I don't really necessarily believe in God either. I don't know. I don't know what I believe. Mm, I, I mm, Yeah, I, I would not call myself a skeptic by any means, but at the same time. I'm not going to say 100% I believe in anything. Right. There's always a little bit of a doubt there. There's mucho doubt for me. And like the reason I kind of feel agnostic is because I'm in the camp of like, you can't prove it's real. No one can prove it's real, but it may be real. I'd like to believe it's real. And what if what you think is real is not actually real, but something else equally crazy is. That's where I'm at. Right. I'm like, we. Yeah. We are giving it like we think we think we have these options of choice of like these are the answers. But what if the answers aren't these three things? Maybe the answer is way over on left field and it's completely different. 
I don't know that we even have the ability to perceive what actually created us. I don't know. I don't. Mm, I don't think so. Clearly, I, I'm a believer that we grew out of bacteria, and eventually, over you know the billions of years, we're here. That's cool. But like, what started that Big Bang, and like, what created that bacteria? I don't know that it's Jesus or God or like all that. I don't think so. I read the Bible. And I'm like, no. This just sounds like. <laughs> It sounds like fan fiction and and some of the things like are not explained cannot be explained will never be explained and because like they're unexplained that's why people are so like crazy about it now like you know i don't know like <laughs> where are we gonna be in 10 years where you can pick the gender sex eye color of your baby how do you think that people who are super religious will feel about that they're gonna feel like they're gonna say, i'm not super religious and i don't feel good about that that's eugenics i don't like it at all well i i don't know i'm just i feel like regardless of how we feel we're gonna move in that direction and eventually get there because what i think is scientifically we'd be stupid to not acknowledge that would be a possibility right so it's possible but mm -hmm. i feel at some point somebody may go like oh hey we can have a baby but make it immune to hiv or immune to covid and wouldn't you do that so then the, then it becomes, we can do that, then why not give it brown hair if I like brown hair? Or my daughter blue eyes, if we're already going to make it immune to heart disease, COVID, diabetes. Yeah, I don't like it though. No, I, I, I don't necessarily either. I think it'd be really cool to do an episode on uh, eugenics. Did you ever watch Gattaca? Mm -mm. So Gattaca is an interesting movie because it's about a future where... Uh, I think it stars Ethan Hawke, if I'm not mistaken. It's an older movie, but it... it yeah, I it, remember. It's Ethan Hawke. Yeah. So, stars him, and it sort of, sort of follows the story of his life where he's born, and from the moment he's being conceived, and they do a DNA, DNA test on him, they tell his parents, like, this is when your son is likely to die. This is what the likelihood of what he's going to die from. This is going to be his optimal profession. All of these things. And like in a nutshell, in the beginning of the movie, I don't want to spoil it for you since you haven't seen it, but like they basically tell him that he's inferior to his brother. Oh, shit. So like uh... physically, physically inferior. So like the movie is him trying to prove all of that shit wrong. Yeah. And it's a gorgeous movie and you should definitely watch it. Oh, my God. That see that fucking sucks, dude. It's like. And not only did you not ask to be born, but now your entire life has been laid out, out for yeah. you. Fuck off. And I think no. I think in the movie they tell uh, his parents and then he's later told like he's going to die in his 40s of a heart attack. And so like the entire life becomes just kind of like a countdown, which realistically, we all have this countdown to death. Oh, the, of course. With the clock being every breath we take. But the beautiful part is that we don't know when that clock like we don't know when we're gonna die so right. in that ignorance there's definitely bliss because i could tell you if i tomorrow woke up and knew exactly when i'm gonna die my the rest the quality of my life would completely plummet to shit oh without a doubt like i right now it's like death does not exist because i don't know when it's coming yeah fuck you death yeah and i don't know about you but being somebody who doesn't know what to believe as far as like the afterlife goes i don't think there is one my brain and my logic tells me there's no afterlife because when, when we're brain dead, we lose, we lose the function to think, we lose the function to feel, and then there's just nothing. And I was reading online, and there's a lot of people who agree with me or like tend to think the same way. They're like, you know, 
What did you think before you were born? Nothing. You don't remember that. You don't it's remember not that you weren't there. You, you don't remember you, you it. You didn't exist. You didn't have the brain function. So, like, why would you after death? And it's such a frightening thing to me. And I'm a younger well, man. Okay, but Frank, that's also like saying if you... You are a soul, though. Like, you... Uh, I'm not going to get into this because it could go so many places and you're not going to get into it and believe me. So we're going to go back yeah, to our I, corners. I, I will say that I'm open-minded about everything. I really am. I'll, I, I'll listen to the craziest nutball. You saw me with Russ Kellett. I was engaging the fuck out of him because I'm open-minded. Are you calling me a nut job? No. You uh, no. <laughs> Never. Uh, no, what I'm saying is... Um, even if that even if i believed that there's nothing when you die and it's just you're dead and you stop existing that doesn't scare me like i how can i be afraid of nothing it's gonna end it's it's weird because it's both comforting and terrifying to me because yes you're right the good news is you know depending on how you die you may end your pain right it, right. It's probably going to feel a lot like when you sleep. And I'll tell you, sleep feels incredible for me. <laughs> sleep is amazing. I wish I could sleep more. In fact, I'm somebody who has, I, I've suffered for probably about a good almost 10 years. I've suffered from really bad insomnia. I cannot, uh, mm -hmm. I cannot sleep. And many times when I do sleep, I'll have nightmares. And it's mm -hmm. not nightmares like monsters and dragons and shit. It's not, like my, my nightmares are like, I'm late for work. I, I, I'm in more debt than I am. Something just goes wrong and I ruin a friendship. Like, these are the nightmares that I have, which are not unbelievable, which is the worst part. <laughs> right. You know, I, I you I can have, wake up and believe that that's actually happened in your life. And it takes a minute to remember. No, that was just been, a stupid ass dream. There's been like three nightmares that I've had within the last six months that have been my car getting stolen in some fashion. You know? Maybe it's your brain telling you to get a low jack or something. I'm about to. Well, I'm not about to. So I already have uh, I, I drive a Honda and it's got really good like security from the factory for anti theft. Yeah, I've got a good car insurance because the uh, what you call is susceptible to theft. The, the what you call underneath the carburetor. So, uh, I yeah. forget what it's called. Yeah, the carburetors are catalytic converter. That's what it is. I'm sorry, catalytic converters. There's palladium yeah. in there, right? Mm -hmm. Which is part of the platinum family. It's very because of the situation in Russia. It's a very scarce element right now, and it's very like the, the you know the worth of it has gone up. So my car, because it's a hybrid, is a target for that. So what I, I have really good insurance. Where like my deductible is a hundred bucks. Mine gets stolen. I pay a hundred bucks. They'll replace it. Nice. So. I'm protected. How much do they cost without insurance? Like five grand installed. Holy shit. And like, I had no idea. And like you, there are some places in America where the local police station will offer for free to put it up on a jack and like spray paint it with your name on it. So like the person who steals it, if they're ending up like taking it into a chop shop to sell it, the chop shop can see that it's like got some spray paint. They'll still buy it. But if the police raid the chop shop and they find that the chop shop has these spray painted things and they the police can confiscate them for evidence, but they still can't prosecute the chop shop. Eh. So it's kind of like a nothing thing. And so there are crazy people out there that will even solder weird cages to the bottom of their car or weird plates. So like people can't fuck around and, and take it out. But like at that point, I don't know. I think insurance is just the better way to go.
and common sense, you know, protect your car. But right now, I know the thieves in at least Chicago are, are really going after just low-hanging fruit. And they're going after cars that are really high above the ground. My car, because it's a Honda, it's really low to the ground. So Hell yeah. <laughs> in, in that, I'm happy and I'm parked in a good spot every night. So I don't really worry about it. But uh, yeah, no, um, maybe we'll get into an episode of Just Death. That might be good. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. And Afterlife. I think I'd really like that. But we're at the hour mark. So guess what? Final <laughs> oh boy final yeehaw final thought time <laughs> <laughs> oh wait oh yeah i want to play this drop for you trust hey are we ready yeah oh he's good with the conversation and the <laughs> <laughs> it's really more for kara but uh um, let's get this closing music all right we talked about more than i thought we would tonight but we covered everything because it's just you and i had more people oh. showing up I don't think we would have even gotten through my stories. Nope. Because all those people are assholes. Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, final thought for the night. Um, what was... Oh, yeah. Final thought. Death is a mystery, so don't fear it. You like that Don't Fear the Reaper song with the cowbell? Hell yeah, I do. <laughs> what is it? Blue Easter Cult? Yep. Final thought. I feel like the stories about people glitching through reality or slipping through it are more likely to happen to the common man and not these historical events. Absolutely. Still fun to think about, but I definitely, if you were listening to our show tonight or if you're listening to it after the fact, send us a comment. Let us know if something like that has happened to you where you thought you slipped through reality. You know, what, what was your what was your story like? What was the likelihood that that actually happened to you? And Do if, you drink your coffee with sugar now? Did you suddenly have a life change where like somebody, you know, or maybe not even that. Have you ever started, have you ever been doing something and some, somebody went up to you and were like, you never did that before. Has that ever happened to you? Let us know. Love to, love to talk about it. We're here. In the meantime, the next few weeks, the next eight weeks, I think, interviews, New host interviews. Exciting. Tune in. Tell a friend. And uh, we're also probably going to... I think Stormfrog has agreed to, to interview with us. So I'm going to work out those awesome. details after tonight. And uh, Don't forget to catch us at Dark Matters on Sunday. Don't forget or to catch Saturday. us at Dark Matters on Sunday. Check out Space Dracula's on Twitch. Subscribe, mm -hmm. to, subscribe to Tressa's other two podcasts. They're pretty great. If you like Tressa, <laughs> you'll love those. Do you want to talk to us about your co-host on there? What's that? Do you want to talk to us about your co-host on there? Oh, uh, oh, one of my co-hosts is Josh, and he's super fun, and he's from Boston, and he'll let you know all about it every time. Have a good night, guys. Take care Bye. of yourselves. Bye.